goodness, that was so loud. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Greg's Garage Pod with co-host Jason Pridmore, presented by Bike911.com. Bike911.com. Got some legal stuff? Go visit our boy, Alex Asante. It's uh, contract time. Daytona 200 right around the corner. Start of the season. Very exciting, Jason Pridmore. Exciting all across the board. How are you, kid? I'm great, man. I'm good. How about you? You doing all right? Just trying to figure out how I can be part of Dunk Kings. I'm just trying yeah. to figure out how quick you and I would be canceled if we could just talk the way we want to talk like we do before we get on these podcasts. <laughs> I don't know what you're so I don't know what you're saying there, guy. Hey, what are you talking about? Uh, dude, two weeks from today on the big plane heading to Florida. Can hardly wait. Man, oh man. You believe it? Doesn't this seem weird? I talked to Chuck Axland yesterday. Yesterday or the day before. And I talked to Wayne Rainey. That's see, dude, look at that's great. That's awesome. So I want to hear about that. But mm. but it seems like I can't believe it was like five months ago and you were like, like, well, we got five months off now. Like <laughs> it's over now that we're, fast. Now we're two weeks away and just Chuck and I were talking about how wild the two hundred is gonna be this year. And I'm gonna go and say this, even though I wasn't planning on saying it until the Daytona two hundred week approached, which would be like next week before you know, like our last podcast before we get on planes. Um and I don't mean this, please understand that I don't mean this to belittle anybody that's ever won the Daytona 200, but I feel, and tell me what your opinion is on this, you and I have never talked about this, but I feel this year's Daytona 200, the validity of it with the amount of people that we have and the the people that are actually going to be racing in the class, the validity of winning it this year is as high as I think it's ever been. Now, I know back in the day when we had... 15 factory super bikes on the grid. There was, you know, that was back in the day, day on thousands, but I can't remember a Daytona 200 being run in the middleweight bikes that has as much clout as this one that we're getting ready to see here in a couple of weeks. No, well, especially with middleweight bikes without, I, that's I agree what I'm talking about. Yeah, I agree I, I'm not talking about from back in the day. Like mm-hmm. I'm saying that since it went to 600s, uh, which you would have a better recollection on that than I would. That had to have been, well, I had to have been early 2000s because I remember testing on the track that they decided to deem possible for the 200. Remember they ran it on the shorter track for oh, yeah. a few years. Um, and that was, let's see, I rode for Yosh. Gosh, Greg, I remember riding for Yosh at one time. So, yeah, I mean, so when we ran the shorter track, <clears throat> But since the since the Supersport class has kind of taken over the Daytona 200, meaning 600s, I can't think of a um, yeah, I can't think of a more competitive 200 than the one we're about to have. Hmm. You like you've been around? No, it. and then, you know, and I'm looking at the entry list right now. You know, we we have it: 67 riders for the Daytona 200 registrations closed. We're going to talk about it because we just got it. Nobody's telling me we can't talk about it, so we're going to talk about it. So, well, most of the teams that are on there, anyways, are yeah, we every, are, everything's already, out, and, and the we people that we're going to people we're going to talk about. There's no big surprises in here for what we've, what we've really talked about. But um, in this week's podcast, we're going to be talking about obviously we're just going to be talking about this a little bit more. I think next podcast, you know, get a deeper dive of it. But correct, we're also going to be talking MotoGP. They finished up their last test of the season in Qatar, and then. World Superbike had a day at Phillip Island, and they're kicking off the season this weekend. It's happening, man. It Road is. race season is back. Talk about Daytona for us in two weeks. Hopefully, NASCRAP got all the bad weather for racing. They got delayed two days. But why don't we just do the thing where we get into our news, Jay, then? You do know. it. News presented by Rye. Oh, look at you. Look Say at it that. again one more time. News presented by Rye. Ryamericas.com. Go check out their helmets. They got all kinds of good stuff. Like, they're handmade. The liner washes. You can pull it out and wash it. JD Beach does it every single time, every single day. Keeps his noodle fresh. Uh, you know, colors, safety. Ryamericas.com. Go check it out. All right, get yourself a helmet. It's riding season. Um, JP knows about it on the moto side of things. Okay. So, 
As we get into our news, Jason, let's just go ahead and start with the Daytona 200 and and, and really start to talk uh, briefly about this depth of the field that you're talking about. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just rattle off some names and you tell me if you think they can win. Okay. Mm-hmm. Javi Forez. Yep. Josh Heron. Yep. Josh Hayes. Well, we he, hope. But is it luck at Daytona? Yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent has the ability. Yeah. Yeah. PJ Jacobson. Yep. Okay, Marvin Fritz. We don't. So know. a lot of people don't know Marvin Fritz, but mm-hmm. Marvin Fritz is part of the Yart team with Nico Canepa and um, oh my gosh, just drew a blank. Uh, Hanneke and, and Hanneke. Carl Hanneke also. Mm-hmm. So they're all coming over. So they are world class. So do they have a chance? Yeah, they they'll they'll figure it out. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. So, um, Kayla, yeah, she'll be there. Blake Davis, yep, R six, right? So, but I still but, think he'll be there. The draft will be so big. Yeah, and Blake has more than enough talent to be running up front with all these riders. So, yeah, I mean, the 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 factor of the bike. I mean, let's not talk about bikes. We we'll just talk about just the riders. Do they have potential to be in that lead group? Let's say, right? Yeah. They, okay. And, so and they yeah. Do. Corey yep. Alexander, of course, he's got the skill. I just, um, if he, if he loses the draft once, just cause he's tall, those shoulders might, might he's get big. him out of it. He's yeah. just tall. Yeah. It's a test session for Corey still. Like he rode that bike for the first time last week at Jennings. Mm-hmm. It's going to just be for Corey, getting him comfortable on that bike and getting him that that's going to be the hardest part. It, it, the, the, the framework of the bike is so small for him that, you know, he's such a big, tall guy. So it's, it, it's it's going to be tough, but it's a test session for him, essentially. Yeah. So, David Anthony. 100%. That, David's got those, you know, uh, GSX-R 750s running really, really well right now. So, I mean, and I think he isn't, I we, we don't, I don't see him on our list, but I thought that, uh, oh, no, he's right there. Bobby. Bobby Fong will be teammates with Dave Anthony. So, yes. Oh, yeah. Bobby's those. there. Uh, Mesa. Yep. Mesa has announced that he's on a Boulder Motorsports V2. Yeah. Yep. He'll be, he'll obviously he'll be there. I think track record holder from the CCS weekend, I think in October. Mm-hmm. So he'll be there. Yeah. He's the one who stepped into Melissa's bike last year in twins and won. That's right. Race, race two. Race, That's I, right. You know what I mean? Like he can win at Daytona. What about, um, are you mentioned Bobby Fong? Richie uh, yeah. Escalante. He's of course. Canapa. Yeah. Yep. He'll be there. Danny Eslick. Danny, it, it's just a matter of, you know, that bike, the team, the, the bike and the team we know are capable. Triumph's been fast there. So is Danny capable? Yep. I, he's, he's, I mean, he's won the 200 in the past, so we'll see. Every year, though, he gets a little older, it gets a little harder. True. Ty Scott? 100%. One of the favorites has to be, like, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Teague Hobbs? Yep. He did amazing last year. So I think that when you look at him, um, you know, Teague, Teague will be, he'll be there. He's got a year under his belt now. Okay. Um, Hayden Gillum. I just saw, I, we just talked about this and I didn't even realize he was riding. So look, he's riding for Vezra. So that's probably going to be a Mark Young prepared bike, I would assume. So of so. course, Hayden Gillum, I, he's, absolutely he'll be there. Brandon Posh, of course. Of course. Yep. Uh, Hanukkah from the art team. We don't yeah, know. Carl Hanukkah from Brno and Czech. Yep. 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 He's, you know, a little question mark. Um, let's see. Trying to think who else. I mean, there's Gus Rodeo in the mix. There's. Yep. It's Richard- good to see him. Harry True Love yeah. is back from England. So we saw him and his brother Matt. They ran pretty competitive times uh, last time they came. And they were on, I think before they weren't on GSXR 750s, where now they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, Again, Daytona is such a special place because you have to be able to hang in the draft. You have to be able to, you have to be able to hang in the draft. And really, Greg, the one thing that we that we have at two hundred that we don't have at other races is we is the pit stops, and those will be the tells, right? That'll be the tell. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. All these uh, riders that we're talking about now are, are all capable of staying in that lead draft, and that's the whole thing. And I would throw in possibly. Richard Cooper from the UK, hundred percent. And I mentioned last week, you know, he's he's been on pole, finished I think fifth in the in the like he he understands Daytona. He's not going to come to Daytona going like, wow, the banking and stuff. No, he he's, knows it. He knows I mean, it. he he he's done laps. I mean, Max Angles 
We've seen him yep. in the front uh, of group. David Kolstad. Dave, I mean, we don't get to see David at all, but uh, hardly anymore. But he's doing the 200. And, and he'll, like, he's been, he, what not this year, but the year before, last year, he won all the middleweight stuff at Chuckwalla, and I think he's the overall number one plate up in the Pacific Northwest, or was last year, I think. So he'll he's capable of being in that league group as well. I mean, we, we just listed off the amount of people in the teens, maybe 20 people. Pete, and don't forget, you got Pete Hickman that's coming. I mean, there, yeah, there's more, and there's more that are going to prove us wrong, you know, that we didn't mention their name, right? Yeah, and it's not like disrespecting anybody. It's just that these are the names that just kind of jump at you. And I know that Lee Johnson said that he's coming. I saw it on his social media, but I don't see him on the list right now. So, um, you know, that might be something that we have to check into because I reached out to Lee. I'd reached out to Hickman and Kenepa, uh, all of them. Um, I mean, they're excited about getting here. Nico Kenepa uh, is the only one that I didn't hear back from. But but Hickey and Lee Johnson, those guys are they're pumped to get over here, you know? Dude, there's just so many people. We got Brazil and... Canada and Mexico and Colombia and the UK and Czech Republic. Um, Dude, there's just people that are coming from Spain is in the Mm -hmm. mix. I mean, this is crazy. Australia. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's the 200 for a reason. So it's going to be very exciting. And uh, yeah, we'll talk more about what we expect from the race as we get a little bit closer. Yeah. Next week, we'll at least be able to get a forecast. You know, if we do the podcast like on Tuesday, we'll be right there at that 10 day mark and we'll we'll start to be able to look ahead to the forecast and see. We've had a variety of stuff. Obviously, NASCAR had rain and they got pushed, you, I think, what, two days? Did you see all the boys down there, though? Kyle Wyman and Raspoli were down yeah. there. And I think JD was there. I think Dallas Daniels was there. There was a few of them. Cody Cop had a bunch of the motorcycle guys down there. And Talking to Kyle and James, it's like they just rolled the red carpet out for those guys. Those guys were looked like they were part of the introductions. I liked a lot of the videos and things I saw on Instagram from all of them. They were uh, they were all over the place. They had a they had a blast. I mean, Harley Davidson has, I mean, gone full tilt this year, haven't they? With all the yeah, social yeah, yeah, media yeah. stuff, but it's the stuff cool. for the Daytona 500, Jason, yeah, was from it. Was, that was a Daytona thing, and it was because they that's won. Pretty cool. Yeah, because yeah. they won a race at Daytona last year. Isn't that cool? I yeah. mean, yeah, I know that was Posh the thing. Was I was just, yeah, I yeah. was just going on the back part of like it's. Yeah, it was good to see. Uh, you know, it was good to see so many of our guys at that race representing, knowing that we're going to be there in a couple of weeks. Good for Daytona for for doing that. They were up in the suites watching the races and yeah, good for Trackhouse, the NASCAR yeah. team for having their MotoGP yeah, having their bike, bike there on display. And, Looked like last year's bike, maybe. Not a yeah. single engine part in that motor, I guarantee you that. But yeah, right. Kyle sent me a text saying when they were getting ushered through the suites, he's like, "I think I I saw MJ." <laughs> so MJ was there, obviously, because he's got a vested interest in that series with uh, yeah, drivers he that he's got. Mm-hmm. So him and Denny Hamlin had done they they were doing stuff even before I think MJ was involved in motorcycles. <clears throat> oh, so, they go way back. Okay. They go back a ways. So, and I know Bubba Wallace and all that stuff. So. Um, but yeah, good to see all those guys down at Daytona. And man, I tell you, that's, that's what gets the old adrenaline going from a racer perspective. I mean, right now when February would hit for me, I just knew I was in that final month of like grind train mode. And, and you're just like, you want to get to Daytona with all the positives you can, you know, that's the thing, mm-hmm. get down there with all the positives you can. And, and, uh, cause you know what, that, that place can just be so weird. Looking forward to it. All right, so let's get to another bit of news where we have the FIM released their homologation document. So basically, what what bikes are homologated for 2024? We, If you didn't hear it, the, one of the biggest things is that the Aprilia RSV4 1100 factory bike has been approved as of July 2023, and that's homologated all the way to July 2031, and that is homologated for stock thousand only. Hmm. Wow. Okay, so that that bike is going to be uh it's homologated for Stock 1000. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Moto America Stock 1000 has. You know, you have your your typical BMW S1000s and M1000s, right? So those date back to, you know, 2017. The Panigale V4 from 18 and then the the newest iteration uh which is the model code 3D which got homologated last year January 23 to 31. Take a guess how many Hondas are homologated. 
CBR one thousands. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. Nine. Wow. Nine. There's like the CBR one thousand RR, the RRSP, the RSP two. That's two thousand seventeen. Then you have the RR dash R Fireblade, the RR dash R Fireblade SP. Like these are all different designation codes. And then you have those in twenty two, those in twenty four. And I'm like, man, alive. And those are all for Superbike. And then you have um, the Kawasaki's, you know, come on. I kind of feel like the only thing that bums me out about stock thousand is we don't get to see more of those guys. There's only five rounds this year. They go to Barber, Brainerd, Ridge, Laguna, Jersey. And I think the thing that makes me most bummed about it is that like, you know, it de- definitely fills out our Superbike grid. And for those riders that go for the Superbike Cup, it's good. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to see these, like, I want to see the stock thousands at Road America, Coda, like some of the fast tracks. That would be, that would have been cool. And look, you and I don't have anything to do with that side of Motor America, obviously with the scheduling and all that. And we've got like baggers at all of them, which is good. Pretty much all of them, right? Where mm-hmm. does bag- baggers doesn't go to, I know they don't go to the Ridge, um, but I, but like the baggers is, is a big pull right now, which is good. But man, when we have the ability to have so many different manufacturers involved in a class, I just wish I could see that more just to, now we got an Aprilia in there. I wonder who's going to take the shot on that bike. Cause I rode an Aprilia a year ago, maybe two years ago Yeah, when they were originally talking about the homologation rules for this class. And I'm telling you, it's good. It's really good. So baggers don't go to Barber and they don't go to the Ridge. Barber and the Ridge, right? That's it. And of course, they're alone at Circuit of the Americas, so that takes that takes them to eighteen. So we have twenty. But they go. Do they go back with us though? Too like, do they go for the? Yeah, yeah. So so they go for MotoGP and then they come Mm -hmm. back to Coda with us, correct? Correct. In September. Got it. Got it. So they're now Baggers is now up to eighteen. So there's twenty Superbike races because if you remember at Barber, we're going to have three uh, Superbike races, and then we're going to have the same (laughs) thing at. Circuit of the Americas in September. We'll have three races for Superbike that weekend. Got so it. we have 20 full. We have 20 Super Sport. Wow. Not points paying rounds because, um, you know, if you look at Daytona itself, you know, it's it's Super Sport, but they're not, that's not points. So they have 18, 18 rounds for Super Sport, 18 round for baggers. And for us, broadcast wise, we have 12 for Junior Cup as well. Hmm. So if you look at the 200 as two races in terms yeah. of like, you know, that's 70, 70 races we'll be doing on TV this year. But that's wild. It's great. I mean, I, I just think that, yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun year. I think that you, when you look at it, the 200 sets the precedent for the whole year for us because Superbikes, I think, are going to be, I think Superbikes going to be super competitive this year as well. I think that their eyes are going to be on us for this 200. And then I think that from that point, it just kind of uh, gets the year, gets the year really rolling. Right. Do you know that in the super sport 600 and next generation class, the Yamaha R sevens homologated for that? Is it really? Yeah. Like who the hell is going to, we're going to race that thing. Yeah. That's kind of weird. Not in that class. I mean, that's a, you know, twins cup, yeah. um, super sport, Ray Hall, Ducati. You mentioned it a little bit. They tested yeah. their first for their first time. Where were they? Jennings, right? I think. <laughs> There were Jennings for three days. Yeah, they were they were there. And would you hear? So Anything I heard. Well, basically the bikes. You know, they they it was a rush. Obviously, as it always is this time of year for teams to get bikes together, get team personnel and crew together. Um, obviously, we'll find out more about who's kind of spearheading a lot of that. You know, I know James Compton is there with with Spees. There's some people that that had relationships in the past that have kind of gotten together so it's going to be really nice to see james compton back in the pits again yeah i um, did a lot with him when he was at jordan mm-hmm. um but uh you know for for the riders and stuff uh for Corey specifically i know with Corey, this is the first time he sat on that bike there he has a v2 that they had just taken delivery of at chukwala a week before he left and he rode that at cvma a little bit um but for him it was just a continuous grind of getting himself comfortable on that bike um, it sounded like with track conditions and things like that grip, was it a premium down there? Like it just wasn't, there wasn't a lot of grip. So you saw the videos of PJ and Corey and Kayla, but you know, Corey and Kate, Corey and uh, PJ, you could hear their bikes spinning into the, you know, spinning into the rev limiters pretty hard because, you know, the bikes were obviously very loose. So 
Um, grip level wise, I don't know what Jennings is like, but it looked like those guys were having fun with those things. If, if you wanted to be sideways, but, um, but yeah, all three were, I think around, around the same lap times. Um, Corey had expressed that he was literally just going there to try to get comfortable on this bike and he hasn't ridden, ridden Jennings that much at all. So, um, you know, uh, Kayla was extremely fast. Um, and PJ obviously has been there a few times, so he knew it. So yeah, they're, 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 you know, they got their little shakedown test. The good news is they did three days down there with not really any big problems. Like there was no, no, with, with the bikes themselves, they, they ran for three days and they, they were able to get a lot of data and a lot of time, which is what that team needs. Hmm. Okay. That's it. Yeah. So. Um, Greg, the final test at Sepang, uh, was this past weekend, uh, this past week, um, it's, uh, at, at, at Doha. So, you know, when you start to look at what went down there, it definitely seems to me that, that Bagnaya is trying to prove something right now. <laughs> I mean, it's what it looks like, right? I mean, with all the talk of all the things that have happened during the off season of, you know, especially Marquez coming in and people moving around a little bit. Um, Bagnaya ends up being the quickest guy there um, overall for the test. I mean, look, these guys, they went from Sepang and then they go straight to um, to Doha for, what was it, two-day test they did two, there? Two days. Two-day test. It seems, I mean, I, I don't want to say it seems kind of odd, but it seemed odd that they would go to Doha. I think they opened their season in Portugal. But he set a brand new lap record at a 50.9, did Bagnaya. To put that in perspective, all right, I remember doing a super pole lap there, Greg. This is this is funny. I did a super pole lap there on a qualifying tire in 2000 and whenever, like a gazillion years ago. And I was second at a 201 flat. Think of that. Wow. Almost 11 seconds. That's, that's a, I mean, I know the track's been repaved. I mean, and I realized these guys, I was never on the level, but I was kind of laughing at that. Like I was thinking, 50.9, 51.0 for Bastianini, 51.2 for Aleish. Uh Mark Marquez jumped himself to fourth and had his first tip off on the bike. And he's been downplaying things pretty heavily, hasn't he? I mean, when you listen to him talk, it's like, you know, Bagnaya, Martin, they're kind of the class of the field right now. I saw something this morning, Greg, where uh, if you averaged out long runs, Aleish had the best long run lap times averaged. And you know who else was in that top three? Of average lap times, DG Antonio. Yeah, the guy that won there last year, DG Antonio, and he's got to be a guy that if he just keeps his form and keeps his nose clean, he's going to rack up points. So, yeah. So, overall, so just, just a point of clarification: test. the first yeah. the first Grand Prix is at Qatar, Jay. The eighth. Oh, it is of March when we're in Daytona. Oh, okay. Then, so I screwed that up. Okay. Yeah. Got then, it. then in two weeks they go to Portugal. Got so it. That, okay. That's why they ended up testing. So all the stuff is there. People are just chilling for the next couple of weeks. I, I think. screwed up because I was thinking that I remember last year it was one of the last Grand Prix, but they they have moved it back. Remember when it, it used to always be the first Grand Prix? Remember? So yeah. So but they used to COVID kind of screwed with everything, and and then now they're back to but normal they, stuff. What's funny, Greg, is they uh, they if you remember they used to like test on like a Saturday a sun, Saturday Sunday and go right into their race week. So. Now they've got like a couple of week buffer in there between. Those. Well, if you remember okay. the COVID year, they went and tested, and then a bunch uh-huh. of people left, and then they had the Moto Two and Moto Three test, and then everything got shut down, and there were a bunch of Moto Two and Moto Three riders that got stuck in Qatar, That's and they were waiting because right. they couldn't go home for a while. So, um, at, like for those for those riders, which is weird. So we just got done it, today. It was today the twenty first. Yeah, today there's an official Moto E test that's three-day test that's happening uh, in Portimao. And then on the 28th and the 1st, there's a Moto 2, Moto 3 official test in Jerez. At Jerez, yeah, that's right. And then off they go. Like, they got to pack everything up, and off they go to Qatar. Yeah, and I think that we'll have time to talk about Moto GP a little bit. But, I mean, you, we're saying that. I mean, we're two weeks away. We're going to be at Daytona during this. You know, we got to talk about our Moto GP fantasy. I I. I can't believe it's coming up on us that quickly, Greg. Yeah, so that fast. I mean, look, the, to... here's the bottom line with the test. 
This was the test where everybody figures out what they're going to do, at least at the beginning of the year. You only right. get like two configurations of your arrow, so your arrow's got to be picked. Your engines have to be picked, all that kind of stuff. Honda's made improvements, but those guys were all bunched together way back, you know, the back part of the field. So Honda has made a step. That's great, but they're not even close. One and a half seconds off the pace. And that, Ducati, wow. Ducati's fine. The real talk is, is that there was a lot of changes with KTM. But Brad Bender says that he can he can maintain the pace with Ducatis, you know, with yeah. with what they have going on. And then Pedro Acosta did a long mm-hmm. run, and he was three tenths of a second off of DG Antonio's winning time from last year. Pretty impressive. Now, with that said, there were eleven riders that were all underneath the track record, right? So it's if you if wow. you if you said to me. Qatar was the first race of the year last year. They had an entire year of development. They go test. This would not be shocking. What is shocking is that they were there just a few months ago, and then you had all this work done in the offseason, and they show up, and they shatter the track record, and Pekka was the best of them all to do that, but 11 under the track record. I think the spread was for actually, like, you know, normal riders, like not test. There was a, there, Somebody was there testing. I uh, car, uh, Cal Crutchlow was there. So you take him out of the equation, and it was like 1.9. From the top guy to the last guy. And you know, the thing about that place, have you been there before? You've not been there. I right? haven't been there. No. Yeah. The one thing about Doha that's interesting is it is it the track conditions can change so much, Greg, because of the dust. Because of the dust um, and the moisture in the air sometimes in the evenings. So I saw that these guys were testing quite a bit in the daytime too, like probably late, late afternoon. Um, and if the winds were down and the track stayed fairly clean, it's going to have a lot more rubber on the track and it's going to be a much quicker surface. I think the fact that Raul Fernandez was fifth for track house is a good sign for them. Oliveira was 12th. You know, it's going to be, um, it's going to be an incredibly competitive year in, in MotoGP. I think that a lot of people have been looking towards the next thing we'll talk about here, which is world Superbike, because they're obviously in Australia as we, as we are doing this discussion, uh, we'll get into World Superbike. And people are talking about World Superbike being like the series to watch this year. And I've always been a World Superbike guy. But when you look at this MotoGP, this list of, you know, the, the top 20 guys, like you said, Greg, um, the top 14 guys are within a second of each other. That's fast time to fast time. And Quattro is the 14th rider. So when you start to look at some of the stuff, um, Alex Renz is 16th here. The Hondas, again, like you say, they seem like they just, I don't know. It, have they made a jump? Um, every the, All the reports say, say that they know? have made an improvement on everything except yeah. rear grip, meaning there's more torque, there's more power, there's better arrow. There's, you know what I mean? Like that the, the problem is, is everybody else has made a step. But how, so, but it's, they're 17th through 20th. Yeah. They're 17th through 20th, and the, both the LCR bikes are faster than the factory team. Uh. So Zarco, Nakagami, Mira, Marini in that order at 17, 18, 19, and 20. So I got to think that there, there'll be improvements made between now and the race. Well, they, have, they have concessions, right? So they who knows if they're going to test privately that we don't know. Are they, allowed, are they allowed to test privately? Is that what it is? Yeah. They can just go test wherever they want? Uh-huh. I don't understand. With their, with their riders. Yeah, because they get they get more tires than everybody else. More tires, more engine a lot, more engine a lot. Like there was, remember there was a like a like a chart of who gets what based on their rankings and blah 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 blah. And I and I think I think that both Honda and Yamaha get the maximum amount of stuff right now. Is that just insane to think that Honda is the one that is just bringing up the? I, I I still just I I just come from a time when. Honda was the leader in everything and everybody wanted to take Honda down and Honda was the enemy of everybody. And now Honda's an afterthought in so many different categories around the world. You know, obviously with the exception of maybe Supercross here with the guys that they have with Jet Lawrence and Hunter, but um, it's, it's wild to think that Honda's just that far behind in anything and everything. Yeah. But you, 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 where was Honda in MotoGP in 2018? Top of the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, motocross bikes haven't changed, right? The Suzuki, which is a 2018, can win. I'm, I'm saying there's been no ma- major evolution, so Honda's in, in their little pocket. And the problem is, is that, you know, Gigi Delina showed up to Ducati and the and the Italian and the European mentality with, you know, Austria and all that stuff is let's just try something. 
And and you know, yeah. if you if you go back yeah. and you look at the history of the Honda, Suzuki's, Kawasaki's, Yamaha, these were these were companies that started, you know, in way back when and then the motorcycle craze started to take off in what the 1950s, 1960s specifically. Yeah. I came into motorcycling in the early 1990s, late 1980s, and things were changing. I mean, you know, you would have a bike that was introduced one year with 16-inch wheels, and the next year it was 17-inch wheels, and they would go to an 18-inch front, and then they would go down, and then, you know, you would see all the stuff in the magazines, Jay, oh, we've changed the geometry here, we've changed the, mm-hmm. you know, you get 10 more horsepower, we got larger discs. Now, it, it like all the work, the conservative work that the Japanese did, because like, you know, you look at the bikes that took risks, like the Triumphs and the you know, like the, 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 those brands that aren't those, those companies. Yeah. No, they, they took some risks and they failed because like the spread, like, I, I wish I could explain this in my brain, but the spread of information was so broad. Now everything's narrow, 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 narrow. And that conservative approach that the Japanese have just stopped working. And you have people that come in and say, look, we know the, what the foundation works. We know basically how geometry works. We know the size of the, the, the width of the wheel. We know that the size of the rim, we, all that crap has been figured out. Now, all of a sudden you have people going, hmm, let's, let's go arrow. Let's look at formula one and try some arrow stuff. Let's, let's put a, like, if you look at what's innovated over the last five years, tell me one thing the Japanese have innovated. Everything has come out of what? Aprilia, it's, Ducati yeah. and, and K- KTM. KTM. Uh, you know, it's funny because I had this question asked to me about a month ago because you and I have talked on the podcast about how a manufacturer kind of catered themselves to one rider like Honda did with Marquez, right? And you think back to, you know, the, I know that this was a time for you where you were getting into it, but like in the early 90s and stuff, when Rain, when Wayne was riding GPs, Wayne Rainey was on, on Marlboro and that kind of thing. But the Yamaha wasn't just built for Wayne. I mean, there were guys that were capable of winning on the Yamaha. I mean, Eddie Lawson went from, from Yamaha to Honda back to Yamaha. Kaczynski was winning on Yamaha's Catalora won on Yamaha's. You look at it back then. So they were good. The only manufacturer back in the day that you could argue nobody else was really winning on was Suzuki. When Kevin was winning on, on, on the Pepsi Suzuki and all that back in the day, there were no other, his teammates were never really, winning on that bike you know um you'd see guys put in rides i remember rob mcelney being on that bike i remember anthony gobert being on the bike um back in the day uh on the suzuki and until kenny roberts jr suzuki really wasn't much after kevin got off the bike right Mm -hmm. so you look forward now and you go now honda has essentially three new riders this year um mirrors not you know a year into his deal nakagami's been around for a while but Mir to me is still kind of a new rider because he's now part of the change of what Honda is really trying to do. And it's just going to be interesting to see if they can make a big enough step to, to, to be competitive because everybody else has pushed forward it, you know, as far as the times and things that they're doing, they, they're like a, almost a second quicker um, at a 50.9. It's just like it, like you said, every, what was there? 12 or 15 guys under the lap record. 11. I think there's what I mean, that's just wild to me. Um, and in that's and that is in like what three short months. Mm-hmm. That's my point. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. So the the thing is, is that building these bikes so that more than one guy can win on them is key. And that's why I think when you look at like Aprilia right now with Raúl Fernandez, um, I've heard great things about this kid, and this has got to be his year to show something. I think, and it Trackhouse has made a big, uh, big. Uh, investment and a big push into the series. So I, you know, maybe it's time for him to shine as well, me and Fernandez, but, but Honda just, to me, they just seem like they are in a, all the riders are doing the same times. So it makes it hard to believe that they're going to be able to make a huge, huge step. The key is going to come down to who can do it more consistently over time. And right now, you know, Ducati's got the edge, I think on that. I mean, with eight, with eight data points, I mean, holy crap. Is it telling to you that Marquez finally fell off the bike once? Like he fell once. Mm. He's fallen once in testing. So he rode the bike for what it, was it two days at Valencia or one? I can't remember if they did two. I think they did two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he rode, didn't rain a little bit, I think. Maybe, but they rode two days in Valencia, three days at Sepang, and two days in Doha. And Mark Marquez has crashed one time 
And where did he end up in this fourth? Fourth. So, and he's downplaying. So when you look at it, I think he's holding his cards close to his chest. You got to think that if he had done seven, eight, nine days on the Honda testing, if he was still on Honda, I would definitely take his is over at two and a half crashes for those however many days easily guy led in crashes last season. So, um, you know, the Ducati is obviously a much easier bike for, for people to ride. So as we know, I just think Mark's more mature, obviously. Mm -hmm. And with the amount of 20 plus crashes he had last year, you look at it and what it sounds like to me, because a lot of people want to report salacious things. Oh, he's sandbagging. I'm like, mm, I'm not sure if he's sandbagging or if he's just doing the thing that some racers do, which is he's slowly working up because he keeps saying in the press, there's some things we don't know about yet. Some things we don't know about yet. He's not talking about mechanical stuff. He's talking about the things that how it feels when it's on the edge. You know, how does it feel? And the thing is, he goes out and he finally tucks the front and then he comes back in a short time later and goes fourth quickest. Yeah, because so, he understood something a little bit more, maybe, huh? He learned something. He learned yeah. what it felt like, and then I think you know probably the thing gave up on him, and then he was like, "Oh, okay, that's how it feels when it gives up on me." Like, right? And and I just don't think he's like like super hard charger anymore. He's probably a little bit more conservative. And he, my guess is that Mark Marquez looked at the calendar and he said, "This is what my plan." Okay, I'm going to push this. I'm going to push this. I'm going to push this. And by the time we're done and close to the season, this is when I'm going to push really hard on the front end and see, I mean, how, how do you not come off of a 20 something crash season where the last couple races, he said, he's going to slow down to stop crashing and still broke the record, you know? Yeah. And no, so you go, okay, wild. listen, man, I'm just going to, I'm going to learn this front of the bike or whatever. And I think people make a big deal out of it. And I'm just like, dude, I think that that's part of his learning process where, you know, when he was younger, he would just crash and he would bounce right back. Now, in the last couple of years, you start getting hurt, and then you think, mm, "All right, maybe that's not the best strategy." Yeah, you know, but you I, I look think at back, the simplicity of those crashes on the Hondas—they're all the same. Everybody just tucks yeah, the front, and loses 90% the front. It was like yeah, yeah. when Alex Marquez was on that bike. How many times did you see him skittering along the pavement from a slow front end crash? Mirror the same last year. Rins on the Honda was the yeah. same. Slow front end crashes. I mean, Rins got hurt at uh, Magello last year, obviously broke his leg there. We never got to see that crash, or at least I never did. Um, but when you look at the crashes, they're so pedestrian-like. The ones that Marquez would have last year where he's just leaned over in a corner, and you can always tell when a rider feels safe. They, they'll turn their heads. They look through the turn like, okay, everything's good. And then next thing you know, the front's folding underneath him. Um, that is not something that is normal and Somewhere along the lines, Honda has got completely misguided geometry wise or whatever it is on that bike that have made it to where it's so simple to tuck the front. Now, that said, you know, crash report wise, I haven't heard that much crash reports as far as the testing goes on the Hondas between the four riders that they have. I haven't been, it's not like I've been reading that, oh, Mir's flung the thing down the road four times or that, or that Marini, the new guy, has flung it down the road four or five times. Um, so, you know, that's going to be, that's going to be the tell to see where they're at, because right now they've got to have left that test unless they just didn't do any one lap times, you know, like weren't really trying for that ultimate fast lap. That could be something that they, they didn't try for, but you know, you look at it and you go, wow, Honda 17, 18, no, 19, they, 20 shocker. They had to, they had to, because the starts are so important and that's what, you know, even Quateraro has said that about the Yamaha. Like we've made some big steps. Our biggest problem right now is that one lap time. Right. And it's qualifying's more important than I've ever seen it before because everybody's so close. Correct. If you if you get off the start and you get shuffled back to eighth place, that's seven passes you have to make when everybody's so so close. Yeah. And and that's that's the difference, and that's why qualifying has become so important. I mean, it yeah, I, I've never heard people talk more about qualifying this year than since we actually earned a point for pole in AMA Superbike back in the day. Now there's right. no points for where you sit on the grid, but it's so critical because the racing is so close. It is so tight. But speaking right. of close and tight, you mentioned it. World Superbike is coming up. They had a yeah. test, Jay. Okay. And top rack Razgatlioglu on the BMW broke the track record at Phillip Island. He goes P1 at a 28-5-1-1, 128. 
What did you do? You did 30 somethings, right? We went like high 36s on the, on the classic bikes. On the classic which, bikes. Yeah. But, but you got to remember the track's been repaved too now. Like, well, so, then that's a concern. We're going to talk about that in a second, but, but so that's why the times are a lot quicker. Cause when this test started, not to interrupt, but when it started, yeah. Greg, I was asking uh, Steve English about times and he's like, race pace is usually low thirties, high 29s to start low thirties. And you ended up having here, the first 17 guys were in the 29s. So um, when you look at that, you go, well, the first 17 guys, and I know that some of that was time attack stuff. I watched these sessions. I sat up at night and I watched them just, just looking at the screen and watching the timing. And um, uh, there was a, you know, that there was a lot of riders that were in the 29s on race runs, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but, but the concern of, yeah. now is what I read on worldsuperbike.com too, Jay, is they're talking about cutting the races short because of there's so much tire wear. Well, they're talking about flag to flag too, mm. where they, and that would be where if we could have got Stevie on today, he's over there, he's buried. He's, um, I got a text from him because Greg and I were originally going to try to do this tonight, but uh, Greg's got places to be. Um, flights to catch early, so we couldn't do it. Thirty a.m. baby. Yeah. So, um, so basically, when you look at it, it's it's uh, we couldn't have Steve on. Unfortunately, I I think have, if we could get him on next week, that would be amazing. Kind of get a recap of what happened at Phillip Island. Um, but uh, I you know when you look at what was going on, I think. Man, is the BMW going to be capable? Is it going to be sustainable lap right. can time it do, wise? Can, can it do? Yeah, Bulaga was fast again. He was P two, and he was only seven. You know, like point zero seven four off. Bulaga looks really impressive. Locatelli was the fastest of the Yamahas. He I thought three. he was impressive. Honestly, he was very impressive. Yeah, Lowe's with his new crew chief on the Kawasaki was fourth. Rinaldi Bautista in sixth. That's kind of the big talking point is is Bautista doing the sandbag thing is he going to be healthy or whatever uh then Scott Redding was seventh Garner Bassini Iannone was 10th Lowe's Sam Lowe's was in 11th place on his Ducati Petrucci but Iannone and Petrucci were actually after day one they were they were right up top yeah again how hard did these guys go for a lap time Iannone is incredibly impressive I think when you go down the list again Greg Rizgatiaga Rasgatiaglu, a proven commodity, obviously. Locatelli impressed me. He was quick right out of the gate on the Yamaha. And remember, he's got, and I can't remember his name now, and it's, I think it's Thomas, uh, the, the crew chief that came from MotoGP. And again, I mentioned this yesterday to Chuck Axlin, and he knows he knows Thomas. Thomas is a data guy that came from Yamaha back in the day. Like even when Wayne, he, he actually, the crew chief now for Locatelli, he developed data system that went on Wayne's 500s back in the day, which is like pretty cool when you think about it. Um, uh, it'd be fun to go back and look at some of the data that he developed. So, um, so that Locatelli uh, switching crew chiefs. You know, Andrew Pitt went to Johnny Ray, so Locatelli gets a new guy, and look where he's at. And it is the same for Alex. And I know people know I have friendship with Alex, but in keeping in pretty close contact with him. I mean, Greg, it's it's amazing what just a switch of a crew chief can do. He's got a different outlook on things as far as maybe a different way of viewing it, even though it's the same bike, right? You know, and um, and he's got more confidence. He's riding well, and it'll just be again. The Kawasaki is the oldest bike out there. Is there a bike older than this one, or than the Kawasaki? Maybe not the, in the field. I mean, not in the field. That's what I mean. But yeah, the Suzuki it, is, but it's not. Yeah, it's not there. So there's no Suzuki. So, um, so when you look at it, uh, they're they're trying to get that bike better. And and Alex rode well. Rinaldi, I think, he's, even though he's on a Ducati again, I thought him going fifth quick was a statement for him. Uh, even Redding, I thought Redding rode really well at this test, and he's got to be highly motivated. When you look at some some guys that um, that look like they struggled, Garrett, I know blew a motor, so he seemed to struggle a little bit. And you, I mean, when was the last time we saw Johnny Ray fifteenth? Yeah, I don't know what was going on there. So I know he had an accident and beat himself up a little bit. Um, and so the second day wasn't as good of a day for him. And 
know what Johnny, like the little bit that I know him, uh, he's not going to be overly concerned. And I'm sure it was like, okay, let me just take care of my body for the week. We'll be fine. He'll figure it. I mean, he's going to figure it out, isn't he? It's not like, it's not like Johnny's going to run around outside the top 10 in a race. He's going to be up there at the front and he'll, he'll get that sorted. So world Superbike at Phillip Island did, did, have you read anything this morning about the flag to flag stuff? I haven't seen anything on it. Um, mm-hmm. I just heard riders talking about, about it being a flag to flag race, which we saw MotoGP do that, Greg, about three or four years ago at Phillip Island. If you remember, um, they had a flag to flag race, uh, dry because of tire wear as well. That was the race where Mark Marquez didn't pull in the pits in time. Do you remember that? Yeah, but does the World Superbike have a one bike rule, or they have two bikes? They have a one bike rule, but they'll have to. What they'll do is they'll set they'll set a time from the time you enter to the time you exit of how long you could be in the pits. You have to stay in the pits for an allotted amount of time, like they oh, do yeah. in World Super Sport, right? Mm-hmm. When they do the flag to flags. Um, so that it's it you know because on the Ducatis with the single sided swing arms, they can get in and out probably quicker than the other bikes. Um, Although I say that, I'm sure that they've got the other bikes sorted by now. But there'll be a time allotment from the time they enter pit lane to exit pit lane that they'll have to be in there. For the yeah, I was watching the GT cars from Bathurst over the weekend, the <laughs> yeah. 12 hour. Like Valentino yeah. Rossi was in it, Paul Tracy was racing in it, and it just came up on YouTube uh, Saturday night or whatever. So I was watching it, and that's what they do. They do a mandatory. I, I don't quote me on this, Jay, but it's it's yeah. long. It's like 85 seconds. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to yeah. be in the pits. I mean, and so it's cool. Like when you race the car, it was like as fast as you can in and out. But this one, correct? They come in. It's a kind of a casual driver change. You know, you change the the tub or whatever that you sit in, and all that stuff. And it was it was much more mellow. And uh, it's it is weird though because when cautions come out, like I didn't understand the rules exactly. But if you come in just for tires, you're not under that rule. But if you come in and get gas you have to sit there for the full 85 seconds. Interesting. Got it. Yep. I see what you mean. Yeah. So, so, uh, you know, we'll see what they're going to do because they have a sprint race. They have two long races, as we know, I haven't checked the weather at Phillip Island to see what it's going to be like, but we know it can be ever changing there. <laughs> um, it's their summer over there right now. So they should be pretty sound. I think as far as that goes, but um, we know what it can get like there. They had a lot of red flags in those sessions for birds on the track. Um, you know, out of the last corner and down into the first turn, there was, you know, a number of birds and things on the track that, that were causing red flags. So that will be another, another thing that they have to think about down there. So looking at the weather for Phillip Island, you're looking at 66 degrees Fahrenheit and pretty windy on Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday, 65 is a high that, that it's only 58 is a low, but still 65 is a high and cloudy and Sunday 68 with a low of 62 and cloudy, that is not good for tire wear. Generally, what we see with new tracks is the more heat, the better actually tire mm. wear becomes with the new surface. But obviously, cold tearing and things like that. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. with the, you know, but for Phillip Island, you know, they didn't, they didn't do what Road America did. We had almost zero problems at Road America just, and a brand new pavement. Unbelievable that, like, I can hardly wait to get back to Road America this year. So, um, I mean, yeah. It, so what do we have? We have, have Mid Ohio. Mid Ohio's new. Barber's only. Barber's right in the wheelhouse of being perfect. Laguna was new last year. Um, Jersey. Yeah, Jersey's repaved. gonna be brand new. Um, I mean, like, yeah, our tracks over here are. Uh, our tracks over here are, as far as that goes. I mean, even the Ridge Ridge was like brand new, wasn't it? So it's mm-hmm. we're we're going to a lot of places where our surfaces are are actually really good. Um, yeah, that'd be Brainerd makes up for the rest of it, though, I think. So, look, if you want to watch World Superbike, as far as we know, go to worldsbk.com. Just just get the subscription. It's, it's so good. That's the best way to go. Yeah. And then you can for watch both. it. For both, MotoGP and oh, yeah. it's, it's and literally us, the best way too. to go. You know, yeah. Moto America Live Plus, it's going to be, you know, new service this year. And so, you know, customers are going to be a lot happier with what they're getting on the Moto America side of things. Yeah, they I'm, fixed, I'm not they entirely fixed, thrilled they with some world. of the glitches and stuff like that. As far as that goes, from what I understand, so yeah, be nice. I'm not like thrilled with what World SBK app has because mm-hmm. it kind of directs you to the website and stuff. So you got to log in there. But I'm not a know, big fan of the app either. So that's fine. Yeah, once I get logged in though and watch those races, it is great. So we're gonna be we're gonna be. I mean, I got I got World Superbike this weekend, and then yeah, like you say, Daytona comes and went. Let's let's not forget this weekend, Greg. We had a weekend off. A lot of people were scrambling last week, and 
laughing. I, I went to a hockey game last night with um, Lee Callens, uh, who was a scout for the Kings for 18, 19 years. He, he took a bunch of us to the hockey game last night. We had a blast. I took my mom down there. But Simon was there, and he was like, I was freaking out last Saturday because of the fantasy. And he's like, I, I was like, I didn't get my picks in. And I'm like, I had a number of people reach out to me about, get your picks in. I'm like, ah, oh, there's no picks this week, you know? Yeah. So I didn't lose any ground last week. That's the main thing. No, they're going to Texas this week. Yep. So just be mindful of that. If you're a California person, it's the race is going to be two hours before it normally is. And yep. well, same for everybody, really. You got to got to stay on top of that to get your picks into the Greg's Garage pod with Jason Pridmore Fantasy League on the rmxsx.com fantasy. Go check it out. We got Dunlop tires being given away to the top three and a rye helmet for the winner. It's all good stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- we're, we're in it now, Jay. So we got World Superbike this weekend and Supercross. We're going to be talking about that, hopefully with Steve English. And yep. then we're going to be, we're going to start previewing a bunch of stuff. We got Daytona on the horizon uh, in a couple, two weeks time from now. And then at MotoGP the same weekend. And so that following one's going to be, going to be busy. And then we just it's gonna get be busy. It. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be good. So. I did have next weekend. This weekend, I'm in Alabama doing archery. Next yeah. weekend, I had off. And then, basically, I'm like covered up until July 4th. But yeah. now I might be going to do a team launch thing for a Moto America team. I don't oh, know. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ride moto all week. Saturday, Sunday, I'm going to go back down to Glen Helen. Rap. So I'm going to be keeping up on... I'm going to be keeping up on uh, Supercross on Saturday. I'm going to be keeping up on World Superbike on Saturday, Sunday. Um, Andrew Lee and I are going to go down there, and uh, there's a Grand Prix on Sunday that I'm going to try to just kind of just keep beating my body up into shape. I think is what I'm trying to do here. Uh, I'm going to so, be on air. I'll be on air the same time Supercross starts. Are you out here? Where? Wait, now? where are you flying to this time? Pensacola, Florida. Ah, that's right. You're going to Florida. Okay, yeah. Yeah, wow, so you go there and then go home and then go back down, huh? Uh-huh. Great. Yeah. All right. That's uh-huh. not too bad. That, that's not too bad for you. Those are easy flights. So Yeah, I'm I'm driving to Daytona though. That's right. That's right. What is that? Eight hours? Yeah, eight. It's not too bad. On it's my least favorite road in the country. The ninety five? Ninety five South, baby. Right through Jacksonville and all that. So well, there's a lot of things going. Steve Steve English just texted me that later on could possibly work, but he's got a bunch of stuff today. So this actually worked out good for us. We'll get him on next week. Anyways, it's always good having him. I've been staying in touch with him over there quite a bit. So, um, yeah. Um, well, everybody have an awesome weekend. I mean, race season is right on us now. Like it's stars all kicking off Supercross, Phillip Island world Superbike round one this week. Greg and I will be back next week. And, uh, Hey, everybody, have a safe, fun weekend. Talk to you soon. Later.